Hi, welcome to the City View Phoenix podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. ...with a few families with the goal to help people become who God has created them to be. God has accomplished so much through us in the last five years, but what's the future of City View Church? What's next? Join us on January 3rd as we start a new series titled The Future Of. Well, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing today? Oh, it's okay. Thank you very much. So how's your Sunday? Good. Well, hey, it's nice to see you. Um, the guys sort of seem like, what's happening now? Well, uh, I just want to say good morning. My name is Jeremiah. I'm the lead pastor here at City View Church, and I just want to say thank you so much for joining us here um, as we continue this series of the future of, um, and just looking at what it is that God is calling us as City View Church and what is it God is wanting us to do. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to share with you guys uh, what God is, something special that God has laid on my heart that I feel very excited about. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for today. And God, as we, um, Lord, look at this new year, 2021, and it looks like a hot mess already. Um, But God, I thank you that you're not a hot mess, that you have it all together, that you uh, are figuring, you don't have to figure things out. You've already figured it out. You've already sent your son to die on a cross to save us of our sins. You've already conquered death. You've already conquered the grave. Lord, that you are sitting on your throne in heaven, and you are holding our lives together. And so, Lord, I thank you. Lord, our world may crumble, but you can't. Our world may move, but you won't. So, Lord, I ask, God, that this morning as we, Lord, just hear your heart for your church. God, I ask that you would move in our hearts um, in a special way. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Well, hey, good morning, and I just, again, I want to thank you for joining us. So, um, City View Church, we've been around for a little over five years now, for those of you who are new, and we're getting new people every single Sunday, which is the raddest thing ever. Every church looks forward to just seeing, okay, God, how are we going to impact? I mean, that's hopefully the heart of every church is, God, we want to see our valley come to know the Lord. That, that's, that's our heart. Um, and so City View, we, we originally, we, we launched in a movie theater. For those of you who are new to us, we started in a movie theater, AMC 30, um, on September 13th, 2015. And for some of you, that's your first sort of step into church, maybe into City View Church, was there in the movie theater. And the, the smells, you knew the Holy Spirit was really flowing when you smelled that smell of burnt AMC popcorn. You knew, okay, today is going to be a good Sunday. Um, and so that, for some of you, maybe that's your first moment in City View. For some of you, maybe it's today. This is your first sort of, so wait, you guys didn't start in here. You guys haven't always been pews. We used to be reclining seats at a movie theater. Um, and then we moved from reclining, huge, comfy seats to pews. Um, some of you are like, I don't even know what a pew is. That's what you're sitting in. It's not something when it smells, you're like, pew, it's the thing you're sitting in right now. I asked my son when we first started looking at this facility, I said, Judah, what would you think of the seats? He goes, well, what else would we sit in? I was like, okay, cool. So these mean nothing to him. To me, it means old church. To him, it meant, those are cool, Dad. 
They're comfy, and you can sleep on them. That is true. And so for some of you, the start of First City View Church, it started September 15th. For, for maybe others of you, you can go back going, you know, I've been here a while, Jeremiah. I remember when we were meeting in a house. I remember when, Jeremiah, you, you were ready to go launch that church, February 10th, 2015. I was sitting in a meeting, and I, in that meeting, I felt just, I knew that God said, Jeremiah, it's time for you to quit. I was on staff at a church. I had a great job, good benefits, and in the moment, I liked what I was doing, but in, in that moment, God said, okay, I have something new I want you to do. I want you to quit. So I came home to my wife. I said, honey, I'm supposed to quit my job. We will lose benefits, health care. Um, we might lose our house and everything we own. Are you okay with that? Dead serious. We knew this day might happen, and I said, honey, are you okay with that? She said, yes. So February 11th, I went to the office. I said, it's time for me to resign. What are you going to do? I don't fully know yet, but I know God's calling me to pastor a church. I don't know where. I don't know the name. I don't know anything. So for some of you, that might be what you remember. But you see, for me, for me, it was this day. Can you see that picture? That's actually going to be right up here. So up here behind me is a picture from a winter camp in 1997. I realize some of you were not born in 1997. Um, I just, my wife and I just celebrated 20 years of marriage on Wednesday. We got married when we were 10. Um, no, I was a senior in high school. Um, a good friend of mine, Colin, he's in the way back. He is the director of our city groups. Actually, his wife is also in this picture. Um, she has not changed he has changed a lot. Um, he's still as beautiful as ever, but he has a beard now. Um, and so I'm at this camp, and I remember sitting there, going to the camp, and my heart, I mean, I, I, was, I was a good kid. I was, I'll admit, I was a good Christian boy for the most part. But my heart was not like, okay, God, what is it you want to do in my heart? My heart was, okay, God, can I date the girl next to me? That's my heart. That's all I could think about. That was my focus. That was it. There's a, it doesn't matter which girl. I said last service, it just doesn't matter. And so there's a girl in this picture. And I'm like, okay, God, that, that's, that was my focus. And that was my heart. And I'm a high school kid. I'm, I'm 18 years old. And really, I, all I could think about what marriage was for like ever. If you ask any of my friends, like, Jeremiah, you've been wanting to be married for as long as I've known you. Yeah, pretty much. And I've been married for 20 years and I'm loving it. So I'm doing what I'm called to do, married. Um, no, there's so much more. And so I'm in this, so I'm at this camp, this winter camp, and, and you know, it's the, the youth pastor in me um, that I, I, I did youth ministry for 16 years, it's like my hope is that every kid comes to camp because they want to experience God. That's your hope. But in all reality, the reason why most kids go is either there's a girl or a boy they like, or they want to get away from home. That's most of the time why somebody goes to camp. I am wanting to go because my friends are there, and the girl I really liked was there as well. And I hoped that maybe we could date again, because that might have been the second time we dated. I don't remember. And so I remember it was January 4th, 1997, Saturday night. And I'm at this camp, and I'm sitting in a seat close to the middle. 
And I remember listening to the speaker, and, and I, I couldn't tell you what, what the music was. And you know how there's those moments that the music in a worship session, like a, when a band playing, maybe there's a, those moments that you can take your mind back. You're like, I remember when this song was sang on this day, 1977, on the summer of, and you know, I hear people say that, and I'm like, uh, I wasn't even born yet. Um, <clears throat> but I don't remember the music that was played that night. I, I couldn't even tell you what the speaker spoke on that night. But I can tell you that as the speaker is, is preaching, that there, he came to a moment in that sermon where he said, there is somebody in this room, and God is calling you into service. God is calling you into ministry. God is calling you to be a pastor. And I'm sitting there in the room. The only thing before that moment was the girl probably that I'm sitting with in that moment so desiring. You know, you know those moments when you're a kid and your legs accidentally touch and your heart starts beating really fast because you're sitting next to that girl you like and you're like, oh my gosh. That's probably, but at some moment in the sermon, God says, focus, Jeremiah, because you're ADD and you've got to focus right now. And that, that, I don't know what happened, but in that moment, God grabs a hold of my heart and God says, Jeremiah, I am calling you. And I said, no, no. I want to go and teach literature. I love reading. I want to teach kids because I loved my literature teacher. Her name was Miss Aronio at Goldwater um, High School. And just the learning, the reading, and, and reading like ancient mytho myth uh, mythology. And I just love Greek gods. And it was just interesting to me. Call me a heretic or whatever you want to. I just like that part of school. Um, and I go, God, no, this is what I want to do. He said, no. I've called you to pastor. I said, no. He said, yes. I said, no. And you know that moment in your heart where your heart starts beating so fast? I had one of those moments the other night. It was last night, actually. I, yesterday, we went on this, uh, or, 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 so last night, I woke up in the middle of the night, and my heart was racing. I had this, this dream, and it, it was one of those dreams that you're just, like, so amped about, where your heart is beating so fast, you wake up, you feel like you're having a heart attack. And if you have one of those dreams, you want to know that dream? Here was the dream. There were zombies everywhere, and we were in this, I was in this middle of this courtyard, and I get, had to get from one side to the other because I had to make sure everybody was safe inside. So I had to make sure all the doors were locked and shut so the zombies couldn't get inside. And I had this litany of, of different kind of weapons I could use, but in my mind, in my dream, I knew guns run out of bullets, but a putter never runs out of bullets. So I grabbed a putter and a driver out of my golf bag somehow, and I was started to beat up these zombies. And that's my dream. But I woke up, my heart was racing. You ever have that heart racing? That was this moment at this camp. My heart is racing. And God says, Jeremiah, I've called you. And I'm like, no. No, you're not. I don't even know what pastoring is. My youth pastor at the time wasn't even a youth pastor. He was just a youth leader. He didn't have pastor title. The only pastor I knew was the guy standing on stage that preached every Sunday. And I'm like, no. So I go off to the bathroom because I'm crying and I don't want any of my friends. I hadn't showed them that side of me yet. Some of you, you've been going here a while and so you know that I'm a crier. Nobody knew I was an emotional guy yet, I don't think. So I go off into the bathroom and I'm crying. I'm like, God, no, no. And as I'm walking out of the bathroom, on the wall in the bathroom, as if the hand of God had written it himself, was the word and I said, as I'm walking, I'm like, God, is this really you? And on the wall is the word, yes. 
it's in, in the Bible, there's a man named Daniel who he's preaching to this guy named Belteshazzar. And he's telling him that you need to change. And all of a sudden, the hand of God writes on the wall, mine, mine, tekel yufarsin, which means, God, your time is up, pretty much. And it was almost like that, except there was no hand, just the word. And the word wasn't even really there. But in my mind, God said, yes, and I see it. And on that day, for me, is when City View Church started. I didn't know a name. I didn't know a place. I didn't know a people. I just knew a what. But you see, that call started a lot longer before that. When my, when my dad was a little kid in Germany, my, my grandma woke up from a dream similar to mine. And God told her in a dream, your son, Alfred, I'm calling him into ministry. And my grandma said, no, you're not. You see, my grandma and my dad were raised in Nazi Germany. My grandma said, no, he's not. Well, you can't stop God. God said, okay, maybe not Alfred, but his son will. So for me, City View started a lot longer ago than I could ever imagine or think. And as I'm this young person, I'm now it's 2015, and I know God's called me to start a church. And I'm like, God, but what? what is it? Because at that moment, in that time, I'm a youth pastor, and I'm watching young people leave the church in hordes. I have a youth group of over 300 high school students, and I could look at the church and see 10 of them sitting in the sanctuary after they graduate. And I said, God, that's a problem. God, that's a problem. Why are they leaving the church? Why are they leaving you? And, I, and I, so in my heart, I'm like, okay, God, I don't want to see young people leave. That broke my heart. In my heart, it was seeing that people had no hope in life. Those things broke my heart. And God said, I want you to go and start a church. And you've heard us say this. You've heard us say this slogan, this slogan, perfect place for imperfect people. That's our heart. We want this to be a perfect place for imperfect people, no matter what's going on in your life. And I am a perfect example of imperfect. I'm an imperfect man. I'm an imperfect leader. I'm an imperfect husband. I'm an imperfect father. I'm an imperfect friend. I am. But this is a perfect place for me, and it's a perfect place for you. You may look going, but you're a pastor up on stage. I, I make a lot of mistakes. I built a, I put some garage racks in my garage, if my neighbors heard me, one, they will not believe that I'm a Christian. Two, they'll never believe that I'm a pastor. Some of the things, I didn't say everything I thought, but I said a lot of things that I shouldn't. Now it was a mixture of the Cardinals losing to the 49ers and the frustration of when you're drilling up into the ceiling and you hit a nail. Who's ever done that? And you're like, what the and you just, yes. I am not perfect. And that was not like, so was this before you were saved? This was two weeks ago. I got saved right after. But you see, our heart is that this would be a perfect place for imperfect people. That truly is my heart. And as a church, as a as City View Church, the, a church should be the safest place to figure out some of the most hard questions to ask, shouldn't it? 
where people are wondering what's going on with life. What am I? I'm struggling with these questions. I'm I'm struggling with whatever questions that might be asked, whether it's sexuality, whether it's questions about politics, whether it's questions about race, whatever questions might be. The church should be the safest place to say, "Help me figure it out." But how many churches have pushed people away because we say, "Don't ask that here." We see the the church should be the safest place doesn't mean it's always comfortable. And so in January, it was, I believe it was January 15, 2015, I'm sitting there going, okay, God, what is it you want me? And at this moment, I, I hadn't quit my job, but I knew a time was coming. God had been stirring in my heart for months. Okay, Jeremiah, I'm getting ready to do something that you keep asking me. When is it time for you to start this church that I put on your heart? However, 15 years ago, 18 years ago. And so I remember sitting there at my kitchen table, and I'm praying, and I'm asking God, and I'm really going, okay, God, what? And, and I'm in the book of Nehemiah. In Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 9, this is City View's verse. This is, if you want to know, and you, maybe you're newer to City View, maybe you've been here a while, this is our anchor verse. This is the verse that God said, this is the church I've called you to be. This is what you are about. This is where you're going. This is everything about you as a church. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 9. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, Though those of you who have been scattered were in the most remotest parts of the heavens, I will gather them from there, and I will bring them to a place where I have chosen to cause my name to dwell. God said, Jeremiah, if you return to me, and anybody who returns to me, you come back. I'm going to do something in and through you. If you return to me and if you keep my commandments and if you do them, that's, that's this church. That's the beginning. So when we return, God has this promise for us. So for those of you who are wanting to see things change in your family, things change in your neighborhood, things change in your friends, here's the promise God has for you. This is a promise that things will change, that things will get better, that things will do be different than you could ever imagine. I think God says, if you return, it starts with you and then moves out. It doesn't start outside in, it starts inside out. God said, if you return to me, and if you keep my commandments, and if you do them, Though those who are scattered. Now, how many of us know people that are scattered? Scattered religiously, spiritually, emotionally, they are scattered. We live in a time right now of scattered people. You know, we live in a nation. We live, well, we live in a nation we're watching right now. It's interesting things, isn't it? I mean, there's so much division, so much hate, so much pain. We live in a time where people need hope. They need to be loved. They need to realize that there is a God who loves them for them. And we as Christians and as believers, we need to fight for that hope and that purpose. We live in a city that is one of the most unchurched, where people do not know about God. And you say, no, Jeremiah, I know lots of Christians. Here's where that really shook me. Here's where I really realized that statement was true. I was at lunch with my son one day at his school. He was in second or third grade. And we were sitting there, and I think it was my son Joel, we were sitting there, and as we're walking out to the playground, he then tells his friend, he says, my dad's a pastor. And his friend goes, what's a pastor? And my son goes, he tells people about God, and here's what shook my heart to the core. The kid said, what's God? 
if that doesn't shake you, then I don't know what will. That we are living in a time where there's people who don't know in America. Now, I could understand other countries, but in America, where, where we have freedom. In America, there's a, two, a, a second grader. Second grade is what, nine years old, eight years old? My son Ezra's in second grade right now. And this little kid said, what's God? You see, and as I'm looking at our country and as I'm looking at our own city, I'm going, our city, we have a bunch of scattered people. And why do people scatter from God? Why do people scatter from religion? Well, there's a few reasons, I think. I think one, out of fear. Fear of unknown, fear of whatever, out of fear. People scatter because how many people do you know that have left churches because of poor leadership? They're like, I'm never going back again. Somebody, they took advantage of money. I mean, I, I know pastors that should have stole from the church. People are like, I'm never going to go back because it's every church. They're all like that. I'm like, okay, we're not all. I know lots of really good guys. But how many people know that? How many people know people that will never come back to God, religion, or anything because they're totally distracted in life? Anybody know that? Scattered because they're distracted? Because they have all these other things. Our world has so many things that are, that's pulling us saying, but do this. You can have this. You can whatever. And we live in a world that there's so many things to entice us. Maybe people are scattered because they're not even being led. And just looking for something to say, hey, I have, I have purpose for your life. And so as a church, our heart is that we would be a place that, that we would gather the scattered. But here's the thing that God said. God said, Jeremiah, I've called City View Church to be a gathering church. What does a gathering church mean? It means we're going to be messy. It means that you're probably, at times, you might hear somebody say some inappropriate words outside because they don't even know anything about God. Maybe it's because we're so new to our walk and all of a sudden you hear words and you're like, whoa, are we on a construction site right now? No, you're at a gathering church. You're at a church that says, hey, we're a perfect place for imperfect people. We're okay with being uncomfortable. We're okay with you being in a mess because I'm in a hot mess too with my life. I've not figured out how to be a man. I've not figured out how to be a, 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 a woman. Well, yeah, well, yes. But I've not figured out how to do. I've not figured that out. We're all figuring out this life journey. It's so much easier to figure those things out on our own. But here's the thing. God said, Jeremiah, I, I want to be, I want you to be a gathering church. I want to bless you. I want to bring those who have been scattered from the most remotest parts of the world. I'm going to bring them to a place where they can call home. But here's the one thing. It has to be a place that I can dwell it has to be a place that I am made famous. Jeremiah cannot be a stage that is all about Jeremiah Samler, a platform that is all about you getting famous and getting glory. If it's about you, I can't bless it. If it's about me, I will bless it more than you could ever imagine or think. That's why if you ever look at our social media site, you're not going to see a ton of pictures of me. You're not going to see quotes. Jeremiah says, blah, blah, blah. You're not going to see that. That's why you're not going to see preacher and sneakers Jeremiah. I'm no hipster pastor. This is me. I'm wearing a shirt made out of plastic water bottles and jeans my wife bought me and shoes that are cheap. And my friend tells me I need to buy fancier shoes. But I don't roll like him. This is me. This is it. I'm not doing this because I want to be some lowly guy. I'm doing it because I'm like, God, I don't want to ever get distracted with myself. I've seen too many pastors get distracted with themselves thinking they have anything. 
God said, Jeremiah, if you make it all about me and you make it about me being famous, then you know what? I will bless the church. And as I was thinking about this, you know, my hope is that each and every one of us, that we would have a heart for our city. And if we as a church, if we want to reach the valley, if we want to be the most welcoming place in the valley, if we want to be the perfect place for imperfect people, how will people know unless we invite? Invite. Invite them into your lives. Invite them into your church. Invite. I was talking to somebody today, and they said, Jeremiah, I invited this friend, and then they invited my other friend from the gym. And all of a sudden, you know what happens? When God starts moving in a life, in the invitation becomes contagious. It's part of one of our values. The invitation, it's not tomorrow. The invitation is now. So that's where we were. That's, that's sort of how we got here. So where are we going? Well, last week, if you missed last Sunday, watch it because I got to share some amazing things. I'm going to give you just sort of the brief summary. Last year, in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of, of church having to be online for six months or however long it was, it seemed like eternity, but in that time, you guys gave in an amazing way. You helped serve over 600 nurses, over 600 teachers. You helped give, you gave over 50, close to $50,000 in outreach. We saw 35 people get baptized. In the middle of a pandemic, we saw God move mountains. That's what we saw last year. We saw God do some amazing things. And in our current state, we were, as I told you, we were in a movie theater. And during all that time, we tried getting a new space, a home. And we signed a lease on this building. Now, we only have a lease. Our lease is up. Oh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. It's up in June of this year. Now, we're working on getting that lease extended. That's our, our hope. Which, is, it's really close. We're just sort of trying to finagle some financial things and not have to pay too much more than what we're currently paying. But we have a lease. But we know that the school doesn't know if they'll be able to make it through another year because of students signing up. So we know that the property owner, there's a really good chance they're going to say, okay, the school's not here. Do you guys want to buy this? And when we asked them how much, they said $6 million. And I was like, say, say what? Are you sure? Like $600,000? $6 million. Now, to me, that's an impossibility. It's just like, and this is not going to be some ploy like saying, I want your money. I'm just, I'm painting the real picture of where we are and where we're going. So I'm going, okay, God, how are you going to do this? Because to me, $6 million is an impossibility. To God, it's like if my son came up to me, not, not currently, because none of my kids think a quarter is cool. They realize they need like at least 20 bucks. Um, I mean, 20, my, one of my son's goes bowling. It's like every Monday, it's $20, $20. Dad, I want a drink and I want the bowl. I'm like, oh my God, you're an investment. I hope you become a professional bowler. <clears throat> it built $6 million to God. It would be like my son Ezra, who's seven, says, Dad, can I have a quarter? Sure, because what's a quarter to me? First off, you can't find change, but if you could, what's a quarter? It's nothing to me, right? $6 million to God is like, okay, you need $6 million for what? For this, God. And God has to sort of lead me going, this is where I want you or not. 
And I look going, okay, God, that, how in the world are we going to do that? And, and as I, I'm just really struggling with this, and so I, on Tuesday, I went to this place to pray. It's called the Prayer Pavilion. It's over at Desert, or Dream City Church. Um, used to be Phoenix First Assembly, and, and they have this big glass building that looks at the mountain. And I go there to, I went there the other day just to pray, to sit in there, and I go to the front row. That's just where I go. I like going to the front row. Leaders lead from the front. I believe that. Not that I think I was leading anybody because there was nobody in there at the time. But I'm just, I go to the front. That's just what I do. And I sit there. And on this big sign is this thing that says, pray big. And I go, God, we need $6 million. We need that. Or we need need a building because I don't know what's going to happen in June. Now, more than likely, we'll be, we'll be here for another year. Like, don't freak out going, I'm leaving the church. They don't even have a home. God's got it all figured out. And I'm sitting there, and, and there's a verse underneath this statement. Pray big. And it says this out of Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 5. The Lord replied, look around at the nations. I don't know how many of you looked around this week. This is pre-craziness when I read this. Look around at the nations. Look and be amazed, for I am doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it. If somebody told me, Jeremiah, you're going to pastor a church and there's actually going to be people that come, back when I was in high school, I'd be like, no, you're kidding me. Jeremiah, if somebody would have told me in, ju- in junior high, Jeremiah, you are going to preach in front of people every week. You're going to actually talk. I'd be like, no, I only talk about them and only goof around while the teacher's talking. That's the only talking I do. Because as a kid, that's all I hated being in front of people. I just would talk while the teacher's talking. I was just the distractor. I wasn't the leader of distractions. I wouldn't have believed that. And God, in this moment, I'm sitting there and God says, Jeremiah, I'm about to do something new. And if I told you, I wouldn't. I don't know what that is. So then I started thinking, okay, God, what is it that you're calling us to do as a church? What is City View all about? Now, if you've been here for any amount of time, our mission as a church, where we're going, the ground we want to take is we want to help people belong in community, believe in Jesus, and become who God is calling them to be. That is our mission. Those are marching orders, okay? Everything we do is filtered through that belong, believe, become. But I started thinking, okay, God, but where are we going? God, where are we going? What, what is our vision as a church? What, what is our, what's the future that we see? What's the future that, that I see? God, what is it you're calling us, me, to do as a pastor and at, as, at a church? What, what is it, God? And I was studying Habakkuk at this time, and Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 says this. Habakkuk says, I will climb up my watchtower and stand at my guard post, and there I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. And so that's what I did. That's what I did the other day. I, I went to this place. And I prayed, and I'm like, okay, God, what? And I felt like I left with more questions than answers. Anybody ever been there before? And then I continued reading, and then the Lord said to me, write the vision plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. The New American says, so that he may run who reads it. Can you picture a runner, how important it is? Have any of you ever ran like a half marathon or a marathon or any of that? Any of you ever run those things? 
And then if you don't see the right sign that you're supposed to turn and run, maybe you're a lone wolf in the pack, maybe you're leading, if you're like me, you're somewhere in the middle and everybody's burned you on both sides, and you're like, uh, where do I go? You're just looking for the person with the cups or the snacks, and you're like, that way. So the runner may know, and, I, and, I, and, so, and then it continues. It says, this vision is for a future time. It describes the end, and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not delay. Run with what message is what I asked God. I said, okay, God, what's the message? I know that our message as a church, I know that it is that Jesus can change your life. Yes, of course that. But every church sort of has a niche thing that they do, right? Every church is like, this is what we're going to do. If you look at schools, I mean, every school is different. You have traditional schools, charter schools, home schools, Christian schools. You have schools that specialize in science and math. I would never go there. I don't specialize in science and math. If there's a school that specializes in talking to your friends, that's where I would go. They don't make schools for kids like me. So I'm like, okay, God, I, I know that we want to make sure the message of Jesus, but God, what, what is it? What is our vision? And so I prayed, and I was laying there in my bed. And it's Tuesday night, rolling into Wednesday morning, and all of a sudden, at 2.30 Wednesday morning, I wake up wide awake. Any of you ever have those moments you're wide awake, and your mind is racing? And it's not racing about the, the, the dream about the zombies. Your mind is racing about purpose. And so in my mind, I start thinking, okay, God, what is this church you've called me to pastor? I'm five years into it. What is it that it looks like? Where are we going? What are you wanting us to do? And I write this down. Here's what I write. At 2.30 in the morning, God, is our vision, is it clear? And can we run with it? You know, I, I've gone to church my whole life, and I've been at some churches where all I know is I'm supposed to go to church on Sunday morning. Any of you ever been there? That's all you know? It's like, okay, I go to church on Sunday morning. That's what I do. But there's so much more to it. Church is just not about going to church and making sure your kids go to church. Hopefully that pastor has, has something that is on their heart that God says, this is the mountain that we're taking. This is where we're going. These are the walls we're knocking down. This is the light we're taking with us. This is where we're going, and this is how we're going to get there. And I'm going, God, I need that clarity. So I said, God, is it clear? I'm writing this down on my phone. And my song, you know, it's 2.30 in the morning. I wake up. I'm 42 years old, so I go to the bathroom first. Um, my wife says, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm fine. Then she goes back to bed, and then I just start writing because my brain, I'm like, okay, God, is it clear, and can somebody run with our message? And I go, no. God, why are we doing what we do? I'm writing these things. If we want to reach the valley for Christ, then, God, we, there needs to be more churches. God, we need to invite more people. If, if we want to have the healthiest people and the healthiest families, not speaking physical health but spiritual health, then God what? God, if we want to be a place, I'm writing all these things at 2.30 in the morning, okay? I'm, I'm just writing as fast as I can, as fast as my brain can think. If we want to be a place where families can be healthy and thriving, then we need resources and a place where that can happen. That could not happen in the movie theater. It can happen more here, but it's like, okay, God, where is this going to happen? If we want to see the next generation rise up to lead and impact this city and this nation, they need, we need to prepare and allow for them opportunities to lead, grow, fail, and go. 
we need that. And I'm like, okay, God, what does this look like? And I'm writing this at 2.30 in the morning. I'm writing this as fast as I can. It kept me up. It kept me thinking. And what's crazy, and I'm not thinking about myself. I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about this church. Okay, God, what is it you're calling us to do? Because I believe it's so much more than I could ever imagine or think. And I'm praying for you. I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about your hope. I'm thinking about your purpose. I'm thinking about your lives, your relationships, your kids, your family, everything. That's what's on my heart. But not just you, my city and your city and the places you go and the the city that one day will be your kid's city. That's what's on my brain and on my heart. At 2.30 in the morning. And then I come into work Wednesday morning. And I lay down on the floor in, our, in my office. We turned one of the offices into a recording studio. Because when we went online, we had to figure out how to record service. So we turned a room into like a soundproof room. EMC gave us a whole bunch of soundproofing. And I went into that room. It's got these rugs that city kids used to use and that we use. And... Who knows how many feet have been on it, but I'm laying flat on my face. They're probably covered in COVID. And I'm laying flat on my face, and I'm going, God, what? I have this written right here. I have it written in my journal. God, what? What? What is it? I ask myself, okay, Jeremiah, what really breaks your heart, Jeremiah? What really is it that breaks it? What is it motivates you? What is it that keeps you up? What is it that, that everything you do in life, it, it's through this filter. And here's what I wrote. What breaks my heart is seeing people without hope in their life, in their marriage, in their family, and in their parenting. What breaks my heart is seeing people who are not living to their full potential. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever seen somebody with so much potential, but they're not living up to it? They're just living each day, just sort of going through life. They're doing their job, and that's it. But there's so much more potential for them. Have you ever seen those people? And does that break your heart when you see that? Maybe it's a young person. Maybe it's an older person. You're looking, man, you have so much life left. Why have you given up? Why have you given up? This is what breaks my heart. And I wrote this, what do I want to see? What is it that I want to see was my next question. I wrote, I want to see every person in the valley, every family living to their full purpose, living full, thriving lives. I wrote this, and you're going to see it up here. I want to see City View Become a thriving church. There's lots of churches that are just sort of existing, aren't there? Have you ever ever been to a church that's just sort of existing? It's just going. You go, and it's like, they go. They, they do nice things, but it's like, they're just church. You just go, you do your time, and then you go home. Any of you ever been there? You see, I don't want to just be a church. I want to be a thriving church. And here's how I see thriving. I wrote this, where every individual... Every individual in the church is living a thriving life full of hope 
and purpose. Every marriage, every family. And this is the thing. So that each person will leave a legacy for the next generation. If we don't leave a legacy of hope and purpose, hope and purpose will die with you. But we have a nation that needs Jesus. We're watching our nation crumble and fall. We're watching division happen every single day. Our nation needs Jesus and you are the carrier of that hope. You have that message. You have that boldness. And I was I was just thinking, man, I don't want to raise three young boys, just be three young boys who go get jobs one day. I want to raise three young men who go and change the world. I want to raise three young men who are going to take hills, who are going to charge mountains, who are going to defeat darkness, who are going to take Jesus and say, Jesus, it's all about you and your name for your glory. I want to raise three warriors, not three wimps. I want to raise three young men that are going to leave a legacy so that when they die, they leave a legacy so that when their grandkids die, they leave a legacy. That's what I want. That's what I want for my young men. But it's not just about those families. Some of you are like, I don't have kids. I want all of us to leave a legacy of some kind. You're going to leave a legacy. It just may never be remembered. But I believe, I believe God has called us to something more. And so I thought, okay, God, this is what I see. This is what I see for City View Church, that we would be a thriving church, thriving lives, leaving le legacies. We don't, wanna, we, we don't want hope to die with us. We want to run with this message. This is why City View does what we do. This is why last year you gave fifty over close to $50,000 just in outreach. It's because you believe in reaching the valley for Christ. That's why we give. We don't give just out of obligation. We give going because I believe in the mission and the vision of City View Church. I want to see a thriving church with thriving lives, leaving legacies. I want to see people belonging community, believing in Jesus, becoming who God is calling them to be. That's why you give. But it's not just why you give, it's why we serve. It's why you see people at the doors. It's why you see Brandon running a camera. It's why you see young men over here running our live stream. We have a 13 and a 14 year old running our live stream in the lights right now. We have young men who are going, I want to change. We have young people that are serving in our city kids. That's why we have city kids because we believe children's ministry is not daycare. It's leadership development. For those of you who are in there and you're serving in our kids, you're not just making sure some parent doesn't have their kid whining at them during service. You are raising up the next generation to take hills we haven't taken yet. That's what you're doing. You're raising up that next generation to go and take charge and to lead our nation. Godly men and women who are going to change this world. That's what you do. When you're holding a baby, you're holding a warrior. Right, little voice? That's what you're holding. You're holding right now. Your son is a world changer. We want to leave legacies. 
So as I read Habakkuk, it says, and I will climb up to my watchtower, and that's what I did, and I want to see what the Lord says, and the Lord said, Jeremiah, write this vision plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry and, and the correct message to others so that he may run who reads it, and this vision is for a future time, and this is what I see. I see a thriving church with people who have thriving lives, leaving legacies. This just doesn't happen. This is crazy to see, not just that. This is, I mean, you think, Jeremiah, that'll never happen. That's the point of a vision. The point of a vision is an impossibility only possible by God. I see a thriving church, but not just a thriving church. I want to see thriving lives. And so when I hold this, this is your sign going, that's where we're going. We want to see thriving lives, not just thriving lives, but we want to see people leaving legacies. That's my heart. That is the vision of City View Church. That is where we are going. Can you run with this message with me? Can you run with this when you see those families that maybe you're, as I was talking, at the gym, and those people are struggling. I can't tell you how many times I've been at the gym, and some dude that I've known, he says, man, I'm struggling. My marriage is struggling. And all of a sudden, in the sauna, we're having a moment. And I'm just hoping and praying, please don't let anybody else come in while we're in here. Because he's crying, and I'm about to cry, and you're not supposed to do that at the gym in a sauna. But how many of you... Want to see that? Want to see thriving lives, leaving legacies? Some of your teachers in here, and you're seeing the potential in these kids, and you're just wishing and hoping. What if you taught with a purpose, and they had no idea that it's all about Jesus? But at some point, it's going to click for them because you've been praying for them each and every day, and your legacy is going to be. I remember that teacher because there are teachers in my mind that have left imprints forever. There's youth pastors and youth leaders that have left imprints in my heart forever. Can you go with me on this journey? Will you join me as we take new ground? Will you join me as we go and we fight back darkness? Because I believe there's darkness coming. Somebody said, Jeremiah, do you really think the days are more evil now than they used to be? I said, here's one example. When I was a kid, I could ride my bike anywhere I wanted, and my parents didn't even care. Now, I track my kids on their phone wherever they go. Because who knows what kind of creeper, and I can't imagine if I had daughters. If I had daughters, I'd be like, you're going to just stay in your room because the world is evil. Well, why does my brother get to go? I don't know. I, it, but do you agree? That we look and go, this is not the same world I grew up in. Now, some of you, you're still growing up in it, so you have no baseline. Some of you, you're older than we are, and you're more mature, and you've been walking this walk. You're going, it's way darker. If we know darkness is coming, what does light do to darkness? It makes it flee. Darkness is just the absence of light. You walk into a room, you brought light in. You see, I believe that where God wants to take you is to live a thriving life, leaving a legacy. Will you join me? Will you join me on this journey as we desire to reach the valley, desiring to see every life with hope and purpose? Seeing every person living a thriving life. Will you give of your time? Will you sacrifice your time in this? 
Time in serving, time in coming alongside and seeing, okay, what can I do, Jeremiah, as we run? Will you sacrifice your talent? God has gifted some of you in some amazing, all of you in amazing ways. Will you sacrifice and give of your talent? And will you give of your treasure? Some of you go, Jeremiah, I don't have a lot to do, but Jeremiah, but I, I, God has blessed me financially in ways that you could never imagine or think. Will you sacrifice of your treasure to see God do something that we can't even begin to imagine or think? Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 9 says, But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though those of you who have been scattered were in the most remotest parts of the sea, God says, I will gather them from there and I will bring them to a place where I have chosen to cause my name to dwell. Can you imagine one day when we look back and we say, look at the thriving lives. Look at the legacies that are being left. Look at the lives that are being changed. You see, I believe that God wants to do something in and through you more than you could ever imagine or think. And I'm not just saying this is some rally cry. I believe this is a calling and a vision that God has put on my heart. I have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. You can ask Jared. You guys know, some of you know Jared, some of you do not. Ask Jared how many times he says, Jeremiah, where are we going? And I'm like, Jared, I hate you. I, I don't know if I've ever told him, but I've thought it lots of times. Because he pushes and he pushes and he pushes. And I kept, I don't really hate him. I love him. But he just annoys me with those questions. And this week, God said, Jeremiah, you know what breaks your heart. You want to see people living a life of purpose and having hope. Will you join me on this journey to be a thriving church so we might have thriving lives, so that our kids would have lives better than what we have? And not just more stuff, but inside thriving because I believe, those of you who are families and have kids, you are raising the next generation of leaders and world changers. I believe that. You young people in here, you are the next generation. There's a lot of young people in this room right now. You are, you have the potential to change the world. I'm sorry for how we're going to leave it to you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the division. I'm sorry for the fighting. I'm sorry for all that stuff. But you have a hope and a purpose in Jesus Christ, and you can change it and make it better. Will you join me on this journey and see the world change? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for today. God, I thank you that you are a world changer, a culture setter, Lord, that you change lives, and I thank you for changing mine. And God, I ask, Lord, that you would bless us, speak to us, encourage us. Lord, help us to walk a walk that's worthy of being called a Christian. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for joining us today. God bless, and have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. For more information, check out our website at cityviewphx.com or download the CityView app on the App Store.